sermons two and three commentary on the gospel of luke sermons one through eleven by cyril of alexandria translated by r payne smith this librivox recording is in the public domain sermon two upon the birth of our saviour in the flesh from the syriac two eight through eighteen and there were shepherds in that country watching and keeping guard by night over their flock and the angel of the lord came unto them and the glory of god shone upon them and they were sore afraid and the angel said unto them fear not for lo i bring unto you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all the people that there is born unto you to-day in the city of david a saviour who is christ the lord and this is your sign ye shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising god and saying glory to god in the highest and on earth peace and among men good will and it came to pass that when the angels had gone from them unto heaven the shepherds said unto one another let us go even unto bethlehem and see this thing which hath come to pass which the lord hath made known unto us and they came with haste and found mary and joseph and the babe laid in the manger and when they had seen they made known the word that was spoken unto them concerning the child and all that heard wondered at what was told them by the shepherds let me begin my discourse to you with that which is written in the book of psalms come let us praise the lord and sing unto god our saviour for he is the head of our feast-day and therefore let us tell his noble doings and relate the manner of that beautifully contrived dispensation by means of which he has saved the world and having placed on each one of us the yoke of his kingdom is justly the object of our admiration the blessed david therefore says in the psalms all ye people clap your hands and again adds thereto sing with understanding god hath set a king over all the heathen for this holy mystery was wrought with a wisdom most befitting christ if it be true as true most certainly it is that the lord though he is god appeared unto us and though he is in the form of god the father and possesses an incomparable and universal preeminence took the likeness of a slave but even so he was god and lord for he did not cease to be that which he had been the company of the holy prophets had before proclaimed both his birth in the flesh and his assumption of our likeness as about in due time to come to pass and inasmuch as this hope had now reached its fulfilment the rational powers of heaven bring the glad tidings of his manifestation and appearance in this world to shepherds first of all at bethlehem who were thus the earliest to receive the knowledge of the mystery and the type answers to the truth 
for christ reveals himself to the spiritual shepherds that they may preach him to the rest just as the shepherds also then were taught his mystery by the holy angels and ran to bear the glad tidings to their fellows angels therefore are the first to preach him and declare his glory as god born in the flesh in a wonderful manner of a woman but perchance some one may object to this that he who was now born was still a child and wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger how then did the powers above praise him as god against such our argument stands firm understand o man the depth of the mystery god was in visible form like unto us the lord of all in the likeness of a slave albeit the glory of lordship is inseparable from him understand that the only begotten was made flesh that he endured to be born of a woman for our sakes to put away the curse pronounced upon the first woman for to her it was said in pains shalt thou bring forth children for it was as bringing forth unto death that they endured the sting of death but because a woman has brought forth in the flesh the emmanuel who is life the power of the curse is loosed and along with death have ceased also the pains that earthly mothers had to endure in bringing forth wouldst thou learn also another reason of the matter remember what the very wise paul has written of him for as to the powerlessness of the law wherein it was weak through the flesh god having sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and because of sin has condemned the sin in his flesh that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit what then is the meaning of his saying that the son was sent in the likeness of sinful flesh it is this the law of sin lies hidden in our fleshly members together with the shameful stirring of the natural lusts but when the word of god became flesh that is man and assumed our likeness his flesh was holy and perfectly pure so that he was indeed in the likeness of our flesh but not according to its standard for he was entirely free from the stains and emotions natural to our bodies and from that inclination which leads us to what is not lawful when therefore thou seest the child wrapped in swaddling clothes stay not thy thought solely upon his birth in the flesh but mount up to the contemplation of his godlike glory elevate thy mind aloft ascend to heaven so wilt thou behold him in the highest exaltation possessed of transcendent glory thou wilt see him set upon a throne high and lifted up thou wilt hear the seraphim extolling him in hymns and saying that heaven and earth are full of his glory yea even upon earth this has come to pass for the glory of god shone upon the shepherds 
and there was a multitude of the heavenly armies telling christ glory and this it was which was proclaimed of old by the voice of moses rejoice ye heavens with him and let all the sons of god worship him for very many holy prophets had been born from time to time but never had any one of them been glorified by the voice of angels for they were men and according to the same measure as ourselves the true servants of god and bearers of his words but not so was christ for he is god and lord and the sender of the holy prophets and as the psalmist says who in the clouds shall be compared unto the lord and who shall be likened unto the lord among the sons of god for the appellation of sonship is bestowed by him as of grace upon us who lie under the yoke and are by nature slaves but christ is the true son that is he is the son of god the father by nature even when he had become flesh for he continued as i have said to be that which he had ever been though he took upon him that which he had not been and that what i say is true the prophet isaiah again assures us saying behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name emmanuel butter and honey shall he eat before he knoweth or chooseth the evil he shall prefer the good for before the child distinguisheth good or evil he is not obedient to evil in that he chooseth the good and yet how is it not plain to all that a new-born babe is yet unable from its youth and tenderness to understand anything is unequal to the task of distinguishing between good and evil for he knows absolutely nothing but in our saviour christ it was a great and extraordinary miracle for he ate while yet a babe both butter and honey and because he was god ineffably made flesh he knew only the good and was exempt from that depravity which belongs to man and this too is an attribute of the supreme substance for that which is good by nature firmly and unchangeably belongs specially to it and it only for there is none good but one god as the saviour has himself said wouldst thou see another virtue of the child wouldst thou see that he is by nature god who in the flesh was of woman learn what the prophet isaiah says of him and i drew near unto the prophetess and she conceived and bare a male and the lord said unto me call his name quick take captive and spoil hastily for before the child shall know to call father or mother he shall take the strength of damascus for contemporaneously with the birth of christ the power of the devil was spoiled for in damascus he had been the object of religious service and had had there very many worshippers 
but when the holy virgin brought forth the power of his tyranny was broken for the heathen were one unto the knowledge of the truth and their first-fruits and leaders were the magi who came from the east to jerusalem whose teacher was the heaven and their schoolmaster a star look not therefore upon him who was laid in the manger as a babe merely but in our poverty see him who as god is rich and in the measure of our humanity him who excels the inhabitants of heaven and who therefore is glorified even by the holy angels and how noble was the hymn glory to god in the highest and on earth peace and among men good will for the angels and archangels thrones and lordships and high above them the seraphim preserving their settled order are at peace with god for never in any way do they transgress his good pleasure but are firmly established in righteousness and holiness but we wretched beings by having set up our own lust in opposition to the will of our lord had put ourselves into the position of enemies unto him but by christ this has been done away for he is our peace for he has united us by himself unto god the father having taken away from the middle the cause of the enmity even sin and so justifies us by faith and makes us holy and without blame and calls near unto him those who were afar off and besides this he has created the two people into one new man so making peace and reconciling both in one body to the father for it pleased god the father to form into one new whole all things in him and to bind together things below and things above and to make those in heaven and those on earth into one flock christ therefore has been made for us both peace and good will by whom and with whom to god the father be glory and honour and might with the holy ghost for ever and ever amen sermon three concerning chapter two twenty one through twenty four very numerous indeed is the assembly and earnest the hearer for we see the church full but the teacher is but poor he nevertheless who giveth to man a mouth and tongue will further supply us with good ideas for he somewhere says himself open thy mouth wide and i will fill it since therefore ye have all come together eagerly on the occasion of this joyous festival of our lord let us with cheerful torches brightly celebrate the feast and apply ourselves to the consideration of what was divinely fulfilled as it were this day gathering for ourselves from every quarter whatsoever may confirm us in faith and piety but recently we saw the emmanuel lying as a babe in the manger and wrapped in human fashion in swaddling bands but extolled as god in hymns by the host of the holy angels for they proclaim to the shepherds his birth 
god the father having granted to the inhabitants of heaven as a special privilege to be the first to preach him and to-day too we have seen him obedient to the laws of moses or rather we have seen him who as god is the legislator subject to his own decrees and the reason of this the most wise paul teaches us saying when we were babes we were enslaved under the elements of the world but when the fullness of the time came god sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem them that were under the law christ therefore ransomed from the curse of the law those who being subject to it had been unable to keep its enactments and in what way did he ransom them by fulfilling it and to put it another way in order that he might expiate the guilt of adam's transgression he showed himself obedient and submissive in every respect to god the father in our stead for it is written that as through the disobedience of the one man the many were made sinners so also through the obedience of the one the many shall be made just he yielded therefore his neck to the law in company with us because the plan of salvation so required for it became him to fulfil all righteousness for having assumed the form of a slave as being now enrolled by reason of his human nature among those subject to the yoke he once even paid the half shekel to the collectors of the tribute although by nature free and as the son not liable to pay the tax when therefore thou seest him keeping the law be not offended nor placed the free-born among the slaves but reflect rather upon the profoundness of the plan of salvation upon the arrival therefore of the eighth day on which it was customary for the circumcision in the flesh to be performed according to the enactment of the law he receives his name even jesus which by interpretation signifies the salvation of the people for so had god the father willed that his son should be named when born in the flesh of a woman for then especially was he made the salvation of the people and not of one only but of many or rather of every nation and of the whole world he received his name therefore on the occasion on which he was circumcised but come and let us again search and see what is the riddle and to what mysteries the occurrence directs us the blessed paul has said circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing to this it is probable that some may object did the god of all then command by the all-wise moses a thing of no account to be observed with a punishment decreed against those that transgressed it yes i say for as far as regards the nature of the thing of that i mean which is done in the flesh it is absolutely nothing but it is pregnant with the graceful type of a mystery or rather contains the hidden manifestation of the truth for on the eighth day christ arose from the dead 
and gave us the spiritual circumcision for he commanded the holy apostles having gone make ye disciples of all nations baptizing them into the name of the father and of the son and of the holy ghost and we affirm that the spiritual circumcision takes place chiefly in the season of holy baptism when also christ makes us partakers of the holy ghost and of this again that jesus of old who was captain after moses was a type for he first of all led the children of israel across the jordan and then having halted them immediately circumcised them with knives of stone so when we have crossed the jordan christ circumcises us with the power of the holy ghost not purifying the flesh but rather cutting off the defilement that is in our souls on the eighth day therefore christ is circumcised and receives as i said his name for then even then were we saved by him and through him in whom it saith ye were circumcised with a circumcision not made with hands in the putting off of the fleshly body with christ's circumcision having been buried together with him in baptism wherein also ye were raised with him his death therefore was for our sakes as were also his resurrection and his circumcision for he died that we who have died together with him in his dying unto sin may no longer live unto sin for which reason it is said if we have died together with him we shall also live together with him and he is said to have died unto sin not because he had sinned for he did no sin neither was guile found in his mouth but because of our sin like as therefore we died together with him when he died so shall we also rise together with him again when the son was present among us though by nature god and the lord of all he does not on that account despise our measure but along with us is subject to the same law although as god he was himself the legislator like the jews he is circumcised when eight days old to prove his descent from their stock that they may not deny him for christ was expected of the seed of david and offered them the proof of his relationship but if even when he was circumcised they said as for this man we know not whence he is there would have been a show of reason in their denial had he not been circumcised in the flesh and kept the law but after his circumcision the rite was done away by the introduction of that which had been signified by it even baptism for which reason we are no longer circumcised for circumcision seems to me to have effected three several ends in the first place it separated the posterity of abraham by a sort of sign and seal and distinguished them from all other nations in the second it prefigured in itself the grace and efficacy of divine baptism for as in old time he that was circumcised was reckoned among the people of god by that seal 
so also he that is baptized having formed in himself christ the seal is enrolled into god's adopted family and thirdly it is the symbol of the faithful when established in grace who cut away and mortify the tumultuous risings of carnal pleasures and passions by the sharp surgery of faith and by ascetic labours not cutting the body but purifying the heart and being circumcised in the spirit and not in the letter whose praise as the divine paul testifies needs not the sentence of any human tribunal but depends upon the decree from above after his circumcision she next waits for the time of her purification and when the days were fulfilled and the fortieth was the full time god the word who sitteth by the father's side is carried up to jerusalem and brought into the father's presence in human nature like unto us and by the shadow of the law is numbered among the firstborn for even before the incarnation the firstborn were holy and consecrated to god being sacrificed to him according to the law oh how great and wonderful is the plan of salvation oh the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of god he who is in the bosom of the father the son who shares his throne and is co-eternal with him by whom all things are divinely brought into existence submitted nevertheless to the measure of human nature and even offered a sacrifice to his own father although adored by all and glorified with him and what did he offer as the first-born and a male a pair of turtles or two young doves according to what the law prescribed but what does the turtle signify and what to the other the dove come then and let us examine this the one then is the most noisy of the birds of the field but the other is a mild and gentle creature and such did the saviour of all become towards us showing the most perfect gentleness and like a turtle moreover soothing the world and filling his own vineyard even us who believe in him with the sweet sound of his voice for it is written in the song of songs the voice of the turtle has been heard in our land for christ has spoken to us the divine message of the gospel which is for the salvation of the whole world turtles therefore and doves were offered when he presented himself unto the lord and there might one see simultaneously meeting together the truth and the types and christ offered himself for a savour of a sweet smell that he might offer us by and in himself unto god the father and so do away with his enmity toward us by reason of adam's transgression and bring to naught sin that had tyrannized over us all for we are they who long ago were crying look upon me and pity me end of sermon three